0: We need to increase diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of people included in this industry. And part of that is kind of driving that awareness younger in the education cycle. You're listening to Cloud Security Reinvented, a podcast for security leaders with a focus on the cloud. Learn best practices from fellow security professionals and how they disconnect from it all at the end of the day. Cloud Security Reinvented.
1: Good morning, or depending on when you are in the world, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Welcome to Cloud Security Reinvented. I'm your host, Andy Ellis. Before I introduce our guest for the week, a quick word from our sponsor, Orca Security. Orca provides agentless security and compliance for your public cloud infrastructure, enabling you to detect and prioritize security risks in minutes, not months. Thank you, Orca. I'm here with Chris Foulon, the co-host of Breaking into Cybersecurity and a noted career coach and cybersecurity strategist. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me on today. Thanks for joining us. You know, across a career, not only do we as professionals grow, but the world we're in changes. And so today I'd like to get some of your insights, especially in light of the transition from the old on-premise world that many people used to start in to the world of cloud that is increasingly the default model for IT infrastructure and engineering. But first you have an interesting career and today we're not talking about your day job, we're really talking about the role you've had helping people get into the cybersecurity career field. And what has that been like and how has that journey evolved for you?
0: Well, I would say it started from my own desire to get into cybersecurity. I started in a typical help desk role and I would say on my first day, someone had Password on a post it note. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Ever since then, I've been interested in cybersecurity, but there weren't formal roles in cybersecurity at mm-hmm. the time. As I grew in my career, I started to see more cybersecurity focused roles and I was interested in transitioning in. Unfortunately, many people would look at my resume, look at my background and go, oh, no, you're just an IT guy and just kind of slot me in for those roles. I reached out to notable individuals like Chris Roberts, Ron Gula, and uh, many others in the industry, and they were so welcoming to share advice, to share tips and tricks that actually did help me eventually uh, transition into cybersecurity. But, That transition took many years and Mm -hmm. it was really hard. So once I did get in, I wanted to give back. And around maybe three years ago, myself, Chris Roberts, Renee, we were going back and forth on very similar threads with the same theme of individuals looking to break into cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And Renee and I were like, well, how can we scale this? How can we help more people? And I'm like, why not create a podcast? Because at the time, I was commuting a lot and listening to... 10, 20 podcasts a week. So that was my idea that we can get the story from one individual that broke in within the last five years, specifically because how quickly the industry has changed and have Mm -hmm. them share their stories to inspire others and scale in that way.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. And I wonder how much the podcasting world has really been impacted by the lack of commute time, because I know that's when I used to listen to podcasts and I have a much harder time making time for podcasts.
0: I would say the same thing. I typically used to listen to upwards of 40 podcasts later in my commute because I would listen on two X and now I can maybe get 10 in a week max. So I would say it definitely has hurt but not too much. You still have a lot more people that are gaining visibility. And we've seen our podcasts take over the years. So we've had 100 increase year over year. So we're quite happy with uh, the uptick and interest in, in the breaking into cybersecurity
1: podcast. Well, that's great to hear so really as you look at how people break into cybersecurity, you know cloud has become really prevalent so how have you seen the world of sort of that security transition change as cloud has become the norm is it getting easier or harder to move in
0: i would say easier because traditionally in the past you had to be almost an expert in networking, in infrastructure, in OS, in order to get to those high levels where you're working, you're architecting a data center. Now, with cloud service providers, all looking to drive adaptation of their framework, they're putting out free resources, you're providing free content, and to drive that adaptation of their cloud that now someone who's really interested in it could go access all these free resources and become very knowledgeable in cloud without having to understand a legacy infrastructure. And for these cloud-native companies, these startups that are just starting in the cloud, having someone that isn't inhibited by these old design architecture models is actually quite helpful because they could be more nimble and just move into the future
1: yeah that's a really great point i hadn't thought about just the prevalence of free training i recall when i first got into it i got trained in cisco you know the air force paid for you know all of the classes except for the test for going for your ccie but It was, you know, I looked at the bills for those, even though I didn't pay them, and that was pretty pricey getting trained on how to use Cisco gear correctly. But I guess now the the functional equivalent is all free if you're willing to spend that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And not only that is that you have other resources like YouTube and Mm -hmm. other training platforms where individuals are looking to communicate the same content in a different way to different audiences yep geared towards those same examinations and they aren't expensive as they used to be like there still are the traditional boot camps they still are the educational classes that you can take but you can also take classes for 10 20 on udemy that kind of gives you that high level overview and then allows you to get started in the free credits that azure might provide or aws might provide so that you get that hands-on experience and learning which employers much prefer because you couldn't really build up your own data center back in the day or it wasn't very cheap to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe we just answered my next question, but we think about, you know, the difference in expectations. So when people are coming, they want to break into security, you know, especially around the cloud. How is it different than what they expect walking into it?
0: I think there's still that expectation that everything is coding, programming, I would say today, there's so many different verticals yep. within security that you don't have to be that programmer. You don't have to be a coder. You can understand how to design a well-architected cloud framework without being in the YAML file for that infrastructure as code. You could do that all by yourself. And then there's even drag and drop options in some of these cloud providers where you drag and drop, they design the code for you, and then it's ready to go. So today, you can understand the the security implications without necessarily getting into the code. The other thing that I would say is, because cloud is so easy to use and adaptation is so easy, that now smaller businesses are jumping into it. And they Mm -hmm. need people to drive awareness of security. At those smaller levels, because before they used to have to go to an MSSP or an IT service provider to guide them. But now you have consultants that can help with that down at that level without them having to spend a fortune.
1: Okay. No, that's that's really fascinating to think about. And so as we think about the transition, you know, there's practices that we sort of become norms. And we say, look, we just always do this. What's the practice from the pre-cloud era that you think we should just be done with, that we should get rid of and not, not really have in our wheelhouse anymore?
0: I think that the biggest thing is, when you think of digital transformations and driving to the cloud, this idea that you can just pick up and drop your old infrastructure and your old designs that you had Mm -hmm. on-premise, even if you had them virtualized, and bring them into (laughs) the cloud. Because A, you're not taking advantage of the design architecture in the cloud. And B, you're just really moving your risk from on premise to cloud. And in some ways, because people have a set of false expectations because they don't properly understand the shared responsibility model, yep, they increase their risk by going to the cloud. They increase their cost by going to the cloud with these simple lift and shift transformations that you're mm-hmm. doing, and then realize, whoa, we're spending too much money on storage or we're spending too much money on compute because they never really redesigned their architecture for the cloud or mm. did some analyzing of what data they really needed to take to the cloud and if that data is still even valuable to them and they just moved everything there and now they have all that data to protect in two places on premise yep. and the cloud.
1: So let's look at the flip side of that one. What's the practice that we used to have that is even more relevant today that we should really embrace? I
0: think when it comes to identity and access management, it becomes Mm -hmm. even more critical in the cloud because you have a so many new digital real estate places that you have to take. Yep account for you. It's so easy to sign up with a credit card and to get a new service. So when it it comes to that procurement aspect that managing the digital real estate for the companies Mm -hmm. on premise, it used to be easy because you had to physically install it in the data center. Now it's a lot harder to manage that. So going back to truly understanding what the business needs and working with them so that they don't skirt around you and go buy these digital services.
1: That's a really great one. So this one actually for you, do really relevant. So I think what piece of advice do you wish you had been given early in your career? And probably you have a lot of advice because now you go around and you give people advice early in their careers, but what's the one that really stands out for you?
0: I think for me is really finding what you're passionate about and driving towards that. I mean, your passions will change throughout your career, but mm-hmm. don't go chasing a paycheck. I think all too often, especially when you're younger, you might go, Oh, wow, you're getting six figure salaries in in cybersecurity. Let me go do that. But if you pick a role and it doesn't align with your skill sets or your passion and you feel like you're always pushing a stone uphill, you're gonna burn yourself out and then you're gonna end up regretting that decision. So I think yep. like truly sit down, figure out what you might like. I know it's harder when you're younger because you think you can do everything or you don't know what you wanna do. But right. having some self-reflection and trying to figure out at least a guided path as to where yeah. you want to go.
1: Right, so you know, I think you don't have to decide like this is my passion for life, it's this is something I'm excited about right now. Absolutely. Okay, I love that. You know, as you look at the future of technology, what opportunities that it provides most excite you today?
0: I think some of the, the interesting opportunities when it comes to things like automation, machine learning, and AI, is that it could take away some of the mundane tasks that people have to do and allow us to think and do some of the more creative things. Yep. The flip side to that is if you automate without thinking through the process, you end up adding more complexity and more risk to your business.
1: Yeah, I think I've definitely seen that. Yeah, you know, places where folks automate something and now they have scale with a process that didn't work, rather than fixing the process. And you know, maybe they're getting you know hammered with alerts because they scaled up their alerting before figuring out how to have alerts that would matter for them.
0: Yeah, and I was on a um, thread with Accidental CISO on Twitter last night, and yep. he's like, "Would you invest in automation or good people?" And he was like, "Automation for sure." And I'm like, "Well," I was in a recent talk with Sunil Yu, and you. one of the things that he mentions is that the more you automate, the more people you tend to have to maintain that automation. So be careful what yeah. you're automating and make sure you do it right. right.
1: Bad automation traps good people. That's uh, <laughs> the way I tend to think about it, is now they're just chasing everything down rather than improving things. Get the good people and then go automate. Yep. Okay, bit of free form. Doesn't have to be about technology or the cloud. But I discover everybody has some bit of wisdom or, you know, their life philosophy that they love sharing. So what's yours that you want to share with our listeners?
0: I think what I want to share is one of the challenges that we have had traditionally in IT and cybersecurity is that everyone looked the same. Everyone had similar backgrounds, and we really Mm -hmm. need to change that. We need to increase diversity of thought diversity of background diversity of people included in this industry and part of that is kind of driving that awareness younger in the education cycle yep. so that people are both aware of the pros and cons of technology and then that they can see themselves in a the technology role as they grow up because most of the times by the time you get to college it's too late you've kind of already figured out what you want to study, what you want to do. So, And cybersecurity is not all about robotics. It's not all about computer building. And that tends to be the only STEM type computer-related education that's going on right now. And we need to increase that.
1: Now, absolutely. That's one of my hot buttons as well. So I appreciate you bringing that one up. And Getting people into security who come from other career fields, I think, is one of the most valuable contributions we sometimes make as leaders, where we're bringing in that diversity of background, you know, people that you wouldn't normally think of, you know, former librarians or journalists or safety engineers. So I really appreciate that one.
0: Absolutely. And and one of the things that I do is I help these, this group of veterans that are looking to transition. Mm -hmm from the military. And often you're looking to start over in cybersecurity. And I go, no, no, let's let's look at what transferable skills you have and then yep. find a role that aligns with your passion and your transferable skills so that you can build on that rather than trying to start over.
1: Yeah, if you can write an after action report, you are in high demand on instant response teams.
0: Absolutely. Plus, they already have that innate skill of dealing with tough situations under stress. Yep. Working for long periods of time, being able to pay attention to detail—like those—are all skills that are really needed in the cybersecurity community, but often are isn't something that you can teach so easily on the job.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, thank you for having me. And thanks, folks, for spending a little time listening to us. For Cloud Security Reinvented, I'm Andy Ellis. Have a fantastic day.
0: Thank you for checking out this episode of Cloud Security Reinvented, brought to you by Orca Security. Orca Security detects and prioritizes cloud security risks for AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google Cloud without the gaps in coverage, alert fatigue, and operational costs of agents. Please follow Cloud Security Reinvented wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit orca.security slash podcast to get immediate access to all of the latest episodes.